Brewing Conversation, live from Nicaragua. Dive deep into the world of coffee with co-founders of Twin Engine Coffee, Andrea Wolverton and Colin Ganley. Welcome to Brewing Conversation, Season 2, Episode 9. My name is Andrea Wolverton. And I'm Colin Ganley. Today, we are talking with someone who is here every day. We're talking to Sue Helen, and Sue Helen works with us. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Before I go on and talk to you, uh, talk about you, I thought it would be good for you to say hi. So, Sue Helen works for us, and just like so many of us here at Twin Engine, we wear many hats. And so, Sue Helen does a lot of different things, and we're going to talk about some of those today when we discuss our general topic of handmade everything. <laughs> Everything we do seems to be handmade. We have very little machine <laughs> assistance. About the only thing we we uh, don't do by hand is figure out how many grams is in a is in a bag of coffee. It seems we probably could by now. <laughs> yeah, probably. almost feel it out. Almost. So Sue Helen has a daughter the same age as ours, and uh, they went to the same school, and that's how that's how we met. And how did it transpire that you started working first? Because it was only. What, four months ago? Three months ago? Yeah, well, uh, Lucille went to school with two of my daughters, right. uh, two daughters, and we had a like a field trip mm-hmm. uh, back in May, and Andrea was commenting to someone else, another another mom, that she was needing some sort of an assistant that could hand the new English, new Spanish, and could help her with administrative stuff and some stuff at the factory, and I just offered myself, basically. <laughs> no, it's good. Well, the person that was saying, she's also saying how awesome Sue Helen is. And so obviously that, that was pretty piquing my interest. Awesome Sue Helen. I wanted to know more. It's, it's nice to have an awesome Sue Helen. I think everybody's looking for that. One of the things that, that we started doing right away when you when you joined the team was to start looking at our processes in the factory, right? So one of the things that a lot of our customers know about Twin Engine is that we have hand-stamped bags, particularly on the reserve coffees, right? Yeah. Yes, that was very interesting to me to come to work in a process situation where everything was handmade. I have a background. I'm an industrial engineer, and I have worked for another company, a bigger company, but everything was... very established in a production line because it's a very old company. So to come to a factory, a very small one, where everything was hand printed, I had had adjusting to do. And then recently we got new equipment to make this process much easier. And we're still working towards including them in the process, which is a lot of fun and very interesting for me because that's really something that I enjoy doing. And I was actually telling Colin a, a, a story about this hand situation uh, a couple of days ago where we have a new coffee, the Java, and we are labeling the tags uh, manually with a pen. So there's a special pen for the label, which I did not know about. (laughs) And I started using another pen, and it all smeared. It ended up in my hand, and I was telling... the person in charge, Anna, she was telling me, no, Sue, esa no es la pluma. And oh, so I just like wasted about 10 tags and, and I started laughing because there's the stuff that you you think you could, you know, and it would just come out right. But it's, I guess, in the process of learning all of this new stuff. And it's, 
it's exciting and it's um, different, not something that I've done before. So I really enjoy it. For me, it's really fun to have your eyes from that perspective of seeing a process and as we grow saying, because one of the cool things is that you have this background in industrial engineering and being able to, and seeing things through an eye of process and how can you be more efficient, but you're also from Central America and you know how to do things with what you have. And so oftentimes what, um, where people be like, oh, you got to buy this, got to buy this. Like, I don't have to explain to you that like, look, Sue, you know, that things aren't very available and you're usually two steps ahead of me trying to figure out what we have around that can solve a problem rather than having to go find something that's probably going to be a big pain to find. Yeah. But I think that comes just again from being a mom (laughs) where you just have to try to solve whatever comes up to you with what you have. You don't usually have the access to say, oh, I think I need a new basket for this. No, you make something with what you have. And and that, well, that also comes from the perspective as my background as an engineer. One of the things that we were taught most was to be efficient at the lowest cost possible. Mm. So a lot of that comes from seeing what you already have and try to make it as efficient as possible. And if not, if what you have to work, then you look for something from outside. But we don't make it easy because the the bags that we use for our coffee have a have a non-porous surface. And so that sounds okay, pretty straightforward, but the problem with a non-porous surface is that nothing sticks to it. <laughs> So if you want to put stamps on it, like stamp the Elefante image on the front of the bag, or if you want to write on it with a marker, you just can't use hardly anything that's available. And so this is where I think, Andrea, you found the the ink from Japan that we, that we now use mm-hmm. for the stamps, that where it actually does find its way to adhere to the surface of that non-porous uh, bag, which is... Not available here at all. We have to import. Oh yeah, And then because it's not here, no one knows how to use it until we all figure it out, and then train people and train more people. I think we're also becoming experts on sharpie and tape availability (laughs) in Nicaragua. Um, Those are other challenges that uh, we've had finding a high enough quality, um, you know, basic things like the the packing tape. Anna and Sue talk a lot about which tapes were. (laughs) We've tried (laughs) so many tapes. So many tapes. It's it's incredible. (laughs) It's 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 when I go, uh, I was in the U.S. about six months ago, and um, I was at a large store, and there was this wall of tapes, and I was I was so jealous because it was like super power. You know, the, a regular person could just go in and, and buy just, I don't know, any one of them would stick better than generally what's available here. So uh, so those are some of the fun. So fun one of the projects that you sort of spearheaded was we used to weigh the coffee in a like a pitcher sort of a thing. And let's say that we were filling a bag that was one pound, we would weigh out a hundred pounds of beans. And then we would take that pitcher, take it off the scale, pour it into a font through a funnel into the bag, and then it would be done. Well, it was pretty time consuming. So, So then we got this new machine, which basically is just a scale, except that it has a spout at the end of it. So what was, 
you led that project of switching from the one to the other. So what was that experience like with the, with the people and the process? How much time was saved? What did, how did people adjust? It was hard uh, at the beginning because sometimes uh, people are just set and they're already accustomed to do things a certain way and to bring something in that they're going to have to change basically their whole process. It's hard. With Anna, uh, it was very interesting and also <laughs> very fun. We set like three or four days just focusing on using the machine just so she knows how to use it. And we have, we have a, the traveler packs are very um, hard. We were, we had a difficulty because the spout that the machine has is very wide. And the traveler pack is very small. So we were having a hard time wanting to use the, the machine. But we also had this order that had needed to be delivered. We ended up making this um, spout, one of the bags that we use for the coffee fruit tea. So we adjust, uh, adapted it with tape and created a smaller spout made out of this plastic. And we managed to get the machine going. So it was fun. At the end, what would have been done in maybe two days in filling, we did it in one, even though we still wasted time trying to adjust this tape. So at the end, these she, she now calls her La Niña. <laughs> la Llenadora is called La Niña. It's Mi Niña. And she says, oh, okay, for this, I'm going to use Mi Niña because it makes it faster. And I finish a lot earlier than when I didn't use her. Mi Niña in Spanish means my, my little girl. My little girl. Yeah, yeah. my little girl. Because yeah. sometimes she acts up. <laughs> so we have to stop and we have to clean her up we have to make sure that nothing is stuck and open her up and just you know take care of her so that's why she calls her mini <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny yeah it's funny because it's it's such a it seems like such a small thing like to, to, to go from having a scale with a pitcher to having a scale with a spout <laughs> you know it seems like such a small thing, and yet, actually, I mean, I think it makes on about, what, four or five times more productive when, when filling? Yes, yes, especially with the big orders, especially when she has to fill uh, forty more than 40 bags of the same thing, then it, it just makes it faster, faster. And now uh, we've set up the sealer right next to it, so now she just fills, seals, and places, and it's just so much more effective. Yeah. more effective than the way it used to be done. I think another thing I like about it is that even though it's faster, she still sees every single bean and every single bag. And we don't lose that element of quality control with the hands-on nature of it because she's still moving every bag by hand, putting, filling every bag herself right in front of her eyes with her hands, sealing it, making sure that the seal is complete. And so even though it's a lot faster... It didn't turn into sort of this blind process where things happen without seeing. And I think that's amazing. what's amazing about Anna because she's feeling and sometimes the machine goes and pours just a little bit over the amount that is set. And she knows when she has it in her hands and it's done, she's like, oh, no, this one has too much. So she weighs it and she's, okay, now this one has too much. She has such great experience yeah. with how the weight builds in her hand that she does quality control right there at the moment before sealing it. Which is especially impressive because a dark roast feels different than a medium roast, not to mention across exactly. like an elefante or a honey bear. And so they, they really can feel different at the mm -hmm. same way. But yeah, 
So we, so you started. Yeah. So back in May, I mean, it kind I of feels June. June yeah. yeah. So it feels like moons ago. Yes. Uh, we've, we haven't really taken much time to, I mean, it was, uh, we just hit the ground running yes. <laughs> basically or walking haha inside joke. And, uh, we haven't really had a lot of time to kind of reflect and talk. So what we were talking the other day, what types of things have you found? I don't know, particularly interesting uh, about working with the coffee or things that you didn't know before. Well, I enjoyed coffee. Uh, always I just didn't know much about it I didn't know and the how they I knew how it grew but I didn't know all these var- varietals that existed I didn't know about what made it be cafe de calidad mm-hmm. versus specialty coffee. specialty yeah. coffee versus not specialty coffee I didn't know what what I learned which is something that has impacted me the most was this factor about how all the coffee, all the coffee, specialty coffee was exported and just not processed here and that it wasn't available for locals here. And I think that was so interesting because I just couldn't fathom that, that you produce something, but you can't taste it. You can't have it. It's not accessible for you. And how, and this is one of the reasons why I really enjoy working here. Because I like uh, this idea to provide this, these jobs that weren't, that didn't exist before, that now do, especially in the times that Nicaragua is facing right now. I think it's like, it's so important and so unique. It's special and how it's helping, how helping, because despite everything that has happened, you've managed to have people keep their old jobs and still employed more people and that's amazing. Thanks. And you are part of it. Yeah, absolutely. Actually, you're you came on board right around the time when a lot of employers in Nicaragua were firing people because of the loss of tourism that, that happened a few months ago. And it was a conversation that Andrea and I had. You know, should we? How how should we react to this situation? Are some of our customers, which were hotels and restaurants, were closing down? And so we lost those customers, so we had less business. And a lot of people were partially closing down, firing people, all kinds of stuff. And and so it was a risky and deliberate decision, and we don't know really what the outcome is yet. But we decided that rather than letting people go and being cautious, we would actually try to add more competent people to the team to try to successfully navigate out of the challenging times. And we'll see if that was a, if that was a smart decision or not, but it, but it, it seems like it. I mean, we're making good progress. I mean, thanks to your help, we've been able to accomplish more certifications and applications and, and a lot of other things that are a lot more invisible as well, which you know about. But thank you for being around and helping us uh, with this because it's been an important part of our strategy and, and the people are what make that, that happen. But I want to get back to coffee for just a second because we don't have a ton of time left. So something I find interesting is when we're casually chatting around the office, every once in a while you tell me that you've got a new favorite coffee or something like that. And you've gone through a couple favorites yeah. in your time here as yes. you've been tasting all the different coffees. Yes. And so I know what the, I think I know what the current one is. But you had one before too, right? You had one before the current favorite. You, I remember you told me about it. Yeah, I, I think it's the same one. I just 
enjoy my my favorite is elefante. Mm-hmm. I just like the I really don't know how to explain, but like the smoothness of the coffee. I, I well, I like elefante. I did enjoy honey bear for some time, but elefante is just really my. That's your go-to. That's my go-to. When you say the smoothness, do you mean like the, is there like the texture to it, or is it more that it's kind of even, or how do you or balanced, or what is it? I think it's balanced. For example, I think the the dark roasts are good, but I'm not much. I feel that they're just a little bit. Their taste is stronger. Mm-hmm. Not it's not bitter, but more uh, aggressive. Yeah, and the aftertaste just keeps in your mouth, and mm-hmm. with the elefante, it doesn't. Yeah. I just enjoy more the because I usually drink my coffee with milk, mm-hmm. no sugar, just milk. But the elefante is the only one I really enjoy without milk. Hmm. So, what do you think about the cold brew? Oh, I love the cold brew. I mean, was this something? that you knew about. I mean, we just kind of, we, we had developed this cold brew, these cold brew packets and for some commercial clients here in Nicaragua. And then we recently started selling it. Was it new? Had you had that process of making coffee? Was I had new? never heard about it before. It was completely new to me. I was very skeptical about tasting it because I don't like my coffee cold. When it goes cold, it just doesn't taste the same. So I was skeptical, but when I tried it, it's completely different. It's completely different, and it's it's very it's delicious. I enjoy it. We ha- we have cold brew at home every day. There's always a pitcher made of cold brew at home. Yeah, <laughs> I see. That's where my cold brew has been going. Yeah. <laughs> very cool. Well, thanks. Thanks for joining us and, and uh, sharing a little bit about your experience. I'm sure we'll have you back. And uh, to everyone out there, thanks for listening, and we'll see you on the next one. This has been Brewing Conversation with Andrea Wolverton and Colin Ganley. Thank you for listening. For more connection to coffee and Twin Engine Coffee, go to TwinEngineCoffee.com or email us. We'd love to hear from you.